I'll just All right. I'll just go ahead and act like this isn't a normal episode of the KAAMP and just say it's a normal bonus episode for the KAAMP for all my wonderful listeners. Uh, every now and again, they get a bonus episode dropped on them when I get to talk to other creators about what it is that they create. So this episode is kind of going to be exactly that. And I'm happy to have you here, Paul. So if you would introduce yourself and tell people who you are and what you do, and then we'll talk about why you do it. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me, Thomas. Um, so my name is Paul Miller, and uh, I I identify as a comedy juggler. Um, that was the, the first thing I really wanted to be once I was old enough to decide what I wanted to be for real. And uh, and so for the last 20 years, I've been traveling around uh, presenting my comedy juggling. And in that time, um, I've done a lot of things. Uh, but one of the things that brought us together, actually the thing that brought us together, is I started um, making hand sacks uh the fall and um that was in 2018 is when i started producing them for real i was doing it from my own programming needs um but uh they they kind of got a little bit of life on their own uh outside of uh outside of my use for them so. i don't know if you can uh, see this paul but i'm going to tell everybody listening that you have a giant smile on your face right now talking about <laughs> football and it's great um yeah so, so yeah i mean you know so what is Flopball and why do you do it? Yeah. So, uh, well, Flopball is a hand sack. Uh, it's a flat, um, sand-filled two-panel sack that you play with traditionally on the back of your hand. Um, you know, it comes out of the tradition of Miyachi in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, you know, and that's where the, the rules of back of the hand and no palms kind of came about. But um uh, I, I started using hand sacks as a juggling ball substitute, actually. Um, I was doing programming where I was talking about mindfulness and the process of learning new skills and how we deal with success and failure and, and all the things that go along with growth. And, uh, and I was doing it with a juggling lesson, which is great because I love juggling and I love teaching people to juggle. It's my way of making friends and, and playing with people. And, uh, you know, but in a, in a performance setting, you know, if you're in a theater or something, having juggling balls flying and rolling away is a little bit, a little bit cumbersome. So I was looking for, uh, I was looking for something that was easier to work with. And so I, I invented, uh, quote unquote, a, uh, uh, anti-roll juggling ball, uh, <laughs> a hand sack. <laughs> and so I was using them as, uh, as you know, my, my innovative juggling balls. um, but uh, I was familiar with hand sack in the Miyachi uh, specifically before that. Um, but I never, I never really spent any time playing with it in that way. Um, but then I started fiddling with it and, and I was quickly, I was quickly like in love with it. Um, I mean, one, it, it kind of took what I was already doing, throwing and catching and doing tricks and kind of turned everything upside down. Cause I was using a different part yeah, of my body. That literally was pretty accessible. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but as I as I was playing with it, I realized that all of the all of the challenges, or, or many of the challenges that we face when we say, "Hey, we're going to teach you to juggle," um, you know, people have pre existing notions of what juggling is, and whether it's easy or hard, or whether they can or can't. And and although that's you know uh, helpful a little bit in talking about mindsets and that sort of thing, um, if you have a whole audience and you say, "Hey, we're going to juggle." you know, half the audience there, the heart's going to drop because, you know, they're not going to have a positive, you know, enthusiasm yeah, exactly. for it. Um, 
And so, so I realized, well, you know, we can do the same sort of thing with the hand stack. We're still learning skills. We're practicing skills. We're having successes. We're dealing with failures. But the barrier to entry is a lot simpler. And people feel like they can have success sooner. Um, if you want to learn how to juggle three balls and you're doing really good with one or two, you might not feel like you're doing great because you're not doing it yet. Um, so there's this, this idea of what success looks like. Um, with the hand stack, nobody has any idea what success looks like. Nobody's even thought of doing anything in the back of their hand. So if they can throw and catch it, you know, they're already feeling like they're having success. Right. Um, and so, uh, so that, that kind of shifted, um, most of our programming, I mean, we still teach juggling and, and do other skill toys as well, but um, most of the work that we do now is rooted in the hand sack because it's just such a, it's a novel, it's novel, which is nice. Um, uh, but it's just, it's, it's easy, it's fun, it's refreshing. And, uh, and so, yeah, so that's, that's why we started making it. And then, you know, not too long after I just started putting them on the internet, figured people could buy them. And, uh, and that's when, uh, you know, this, this um, latent community of handstack players started bubbling up. And, uh, and, and really, that's, you know, out of everything, that has been one of the aspects that brings me the most joy that, you know, I, I would have never anticipated. Yeah, um, you didn't know a whole army of, like, uh, you know, older millennials that, missed hand sacking and from the late nineties and early two thousands still desired it so much. And when they found your stuff on Reddit said, Oh, Holy crap, I have to buy one of these and get back into the thing because that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, you know, right. You know, I started getting sales and people would find me. Um, and so that's good. It, it's nice to have something that sort of supports and, you know, satisfies the needs of the market. Hey, you know, there's, there's no hand sack. You know, I want, I want one. But the, the thing that's been a, a real joy, and, and I didn't come up in that community or that environment. So, and I didn't really even pay attention to it. So, like, there's a whole culture of play and styles of play. And then there was the message board. So there's this whole group of people that, that know each other or knew each other 10, 15 years ago when they were tweens and teens like yourself. Mm -hmm. And now we're, we're, we're coming together again, you know, on our, our, you know, weekly or monthly flop jam. And it's just, it, it fills me with joy to create a space for people to reconnect and recoalesce around this thing. You know, it, in a lot of ways, like I feel like, you know, I get to sort of be the witness to it. You know, I'm not, I'm not experiencing nostalgia. I'm not remembering players. So I'm, I'm not, um, you know, I, I kind of feel like I'm sort of outside the group in some ways, but it's so, it's so awesome to watch it happen and, and know that, um, you know, I, I play a role, you right. know, in that. So I, I, uh, I can only imagine how pleasing it is to uh, see a thing you create, foster something positive that was totally unintended. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I would have never guessed people would have been like, Oh, I miss these so much. I love them. Thank you. Like I, I get that. That's, that's the thing I hear so much. Thank you. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. I've never, I've never sold stuff before where people are like, Oh, thank you so much for, you know, <laughs> I mean, I get shows people thank you afterwards, but right. I, I, it's, it's really been wonderful. It's really been wonderful. Well, it was a good day on the internet when I discovered a post of, uh, of someone's about the flop ball on Reddit. And uh, I knew immediately I must rush off and purchase at least three of them. <laughs> <laughs>
And, uh, and yeah, yeah, so, so that was, I don't know, six or eight months ago, something like that. A little, a little less than a year. Um, Mm-hmm. And I, I and I bought, I don't know, I probably spent twenty or thirty bucks on my first order, which is a pretty hefty order for the items on your site. And um, sure, and I got, uh, I received enough variety of items to keep myself wholeheartedly busy and entertained in all the ways one can use these toys uh, or or, uh-huh. or or skill implements. What do you like to say, toys? What's the official verbiage that you like to say? I don't think I've asked you that. Yeah. It, yes. So. Um, for the last up until about a year ago, skill toys it was you know what I what I called them, uh, and I still like that. Uh, I actually you know started a, a project like ten years back, which is where I met a lot of the um, well none of the none of the flop ball players, but um, where I met like a lot of skill toy players years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had a project called Skoys, which is skill toys Skoys. Um, so, so that's how I refer to it. Uh, flow tools. I know some people use. Um, I I like kinetic play tools, uh, or refer to the style of play as kinetic play. Um, kinesthetic play is sort of a category of play that was defined by, um, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Um, a guy that wrote a book on play. His name's escaping me right now. Um, but it'll come to me. But uh, he, he defined all sorts of different styles of play and actually play personalities. And the kinesthetic play is sort of bodily play. So running, jumping, climbing trees, you know, swinging sticks. Um, I feel like kinetic play is, a, is sort of a subcategory of that where the focus is doing tricks with things. Um, you know, there's no winning or losing. It's not really a game, although it can be competition and, you know, that sort of thing. But you, you're basically doing tricks with simple shapes. And exploring the, the the basics of uh, geometry and physics. Um, so kinetic toys, skill toys, hand sacks, lap balls. Those I, I I use them all pretty interchangeably. And that kinetic toy is is or kinetic tool is the uh, is the one I think is most accurate. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. You know, uh, a skill toy is kind of puts a lot of pressure on it in that. You know, it feels like, oh, I don't have skills. Well, you don't, nobody has skills until they start doing something. Right. And, you know, everything's a skill, you know, bouncing and walking is a skill. So um, I, I do feel like that uh, makes it a little exclusive or a little, um, creates a little, you know, apprehension in some people, perhaps. Uh, yeah, that's understandable. Coordination tools. Yeah, I don't uh, like that. So, yeah, I think. When was the first time you purposely threw something with the back of your hand? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, um, I, I, well, I, I was at a, I was at a fish show in 1999 and I, 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 I came across the Miyachi RV and, uh, I got my first Miyachi there. So I know at least 1999, um, I mean, as a kid, you know, I, I grew up in the suburbs of Massachusetts. I had woods behind my house. So I was always, you know, we had neighborhood kids, but I spent a lot of time out in the woods throwing rocks and, 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 and collecting sticks and doing that kind of stuff. So, you know, honestly, I was probably balancing and throwing and, and, and doing all that stuff, um, you know, as a, as a 10-year-old in the woods, just passing time, being outside. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, as a juggler, I mean, I guess as a juggler, 
if we were looking for an actual date, I did, I did practice juggling on the back of my hand probably a couple years after learning. So I, I'd put, I'd put that back to like 1992, 93. <laughs> so you've been throwing stuff on the back of your hands for a while. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I, I'd say I got a lot better in the last couple of years. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine there's been a lot more dedicated time to that practice in the last few years. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, it's been a really, I mean, I, I, I play with all sorts of toys. Like uh, juggling was my first foray into uh, skill-based play. Um, I learned to juggle in high school out of a book, changed my life. You know, before that, I didn't have anything that was getting me a lot of positive reinforcement or, 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 or giving me something to sort of be self-motivated at getting better at. Um, so I learned how to juggle out of a book, you know, Klotz's book. It came with the three juggling balls. And, you know, probably the only reason I ever picked up the book because I wasn't a reader and uh, <laughs> it came with it came with toys um and then uh and then so I, I you know i spent years exploring all the other all the different skill toys that there are um you know and i i can hold my own for most of them um but in you know when i started playing with the, the hand sack you know i immediately fell in love um you know and it's not because i was making them but rather the simplicity of the play opens up a tremendous amount of opportunity and exploration, which I was not expecting. Um, and specifically the round hand stack, you know, the, the, the miachis and throwbacks that we make, you know, it's, it's a technical, it's a technical toy. It has a non-stable spin. So when you're playing it, it's, it's kind of tough. Um, but with the round stack, because it just flips, you know, uniformly in, in any direction, it just opened up the possibilities for me. And then as I started playing, just, more and more paths sort of revealed themselves um, in how to explore. And then because it was sort of a new prop for me and I didn't have a lot of, um, I, I didn't have any experience with it, it, it allowed me to like this sort of fresh space to explore this kind of play that, you know, I, I, have, a, I have a pretty robust you know, experience with, but not with this specific prop in this specific way. So I got to take all of my experience with all the things that spin and flip and swing and, and fly and slide and, and sort of apply it to this brand new uh, platform. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it was it just, I mean, still, you know, yeah, I'm a, a few years in and, and, and what boggles my mind is that I'll be playing with it and I'll, I'll I'll discover something new. Like I'll, I, I keep finding like all these avenues of, of expertise or, or things that I can do, but like, Oh, there's the reverse of that, that exists. And, and it's just, um, yeah. So I, you know, I, I don't spend a lot of time on drills, you know, working on skills and stuff, but I definitely, I definitely spend more time than, you know, above average amount of time playing with it. <laughs> yeah. I, so. I usually, I usually have one on my, on my person and maybe one or two in the car at any given time. Uh, is that, mm -hmm. is that a similar experience in your life? Yeah, I got them everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's great. I mean, it's so, it's so easy to pick up and just start playing, you know, it's, and it's a little bit more, you know, reserved or subtle than juggling. Like if you pull up juggling balls, standing in line, start juggling, you know, people kind of get annoyed. People see you. It, it, it draws a lot of attention. Um, which is fun and good if you want to draw attention, but sometimes, you know, I just want to chill and, you know, listen to my music. So, 
I like that they're small and, and you know, portable. Um, you just bust them out. They're playing. So, you, oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Well, yeah, I, I have a question for you. Cause, well, ask. <laughs> please, please ask. I, I, yeah, well, I mean, so I, I went back. I was like, how did, our, how did our collaboration, you know, start out and, and all that? And so I went back to our thread and, you know, saw, saw, you know, right from, hey, I just bought some stuff. Thanks for, thanks for the order. And, uh, and you bought the, uh, the leather sack, yes. the leather headset. And I was like, I was like, whoa, boy, that's, that's a hard one. It's slick, it's stiff, you know? And, and I remember you're like, you're like, I'm going to break it in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I mean, whoa, I, you're going to be a ninja if you break it in. I totally understand the, the demands of this particular uh, material because uh-huh. uh, I was also one of those people that lovingly played with silk miachis. And okay. uh, like those are, oh, God, how do I put this? unendingly frustrating. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was totally okay with having something equal, equally frustrating in the sense that I know how to handle myself when I get mad and drop this thing. Um, uh-huh. So, so playing with something difficult to play with is a useful tool in, in my intentional play um, to use terms that you use for your product ethos my intentional play is is intentionally made more difficult by using that particular uh tool and some days i really want that challenge other days i don't but it is nice to be able to have the variety of tools to challenge myself in the ways that i want to be challenged when i want to be challenged if there's a day where i'm just feeling extra like on my game or willing to be humbled sometimes both i will i will grab uh an implement that is difficult to use and sometimes it feels great. And then other times you just feel crushed, but that is, you know, the, the, du- the duality of using that type of tool. But honestly, the, the leather flop ball that I have uh, to, to give you feedback has not really broken in much at all. And it's spent a lot of time in my pocket and it's spent a lot of time just being like fumbled around in my fingertips. And uh, you know what, if it never becomes uh, soft and supple where it just droops across my finger, I won't be upset because then that mm-hmm. then I will know that is the level of difficulty that this item carries. And that's, yeah. And that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, I, I, I do, that, that being said, I do want to see a little bit more of a supple um, leather sack. So know, know that one of those might be coming out. I will. Because uh, I see, I'll keep my like, I feel like down. a good like rawhide would break in. This one, I, yeah, I, just, I don't know. Well, that that one is a is a thick material to begin with, but if there was a, a rawhide or rawhide equivalent, I would definitely be interested in giving that a try. If it felt like a really nice chamois cloth that you would dry your car off with, boy, let me tell you, that's the one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah, but so far the um, oh, what is it the 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 suede, the micro suede, those are. The micro suede's and the denims for day in day out play. That's those are the ones that I I gravitate to the most. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. Me too. That that is where this conversation started, and if we're gonna tie this into more uh more directly to the reason of this conversation, um, I was uh pretty uppity about asking you for some sort of involvement in an artist series uh, flop ball because. Um, selfishly, I've always wanted to put art on a toy just as a, as a personal achievement as, as an artist. And then, you know, I I have to pick my battles when I 
put my foot in my mouth in this way because a lot of times people say no. Um, but uh, I, think, I think you and I met in the middle in a really uh, fluid space about creativity and play and, and uh, a really amorphous mindset about how these things can mix together in a really healthful way. And uh, I found some art that I had made that fit the ethos of, of the tool and, and how you like to run your business. And I feel as if the design I put forth is very um, complementary to the thought processes of how one goes about using these items. Um, you know, no straight lines, everything's curved, it's all flow and and uh, you can trace your eye or your finger along this design endlessly and never come to an end as long as you keep it on the fabric. You know, don't go straight to uh-huh. the seam because this is the first sack that's been full bleed, edge-to-edge print, which I'm really proud of. It ended up looking really nice. Um, the colors are great, 1970s Lakers colors, like I was telling you a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh-huh. So, uh, uh, like a babyish blue, a really nice purple, and and white are the three colors. Um, so, so when we met in the middle and we said, "Yeah, let's do this," I gave you the art and you showed me the renders, and we we said, "Let's do it." And uh, pretty sure I shed a happy tear and and uh, waited, <laughs> waited for the uh, the final final uh, test pieces to come back, and they came back, and everything is great. And um, do we have an official launch date? for that sorry to spring this on you right now but yeah do, yeah. <laughs> do we have an official launch date for this thing uh yeah i guess we do um let's uh I, let's do this next thursday next thursday yeah does it right. work for you yeah it works for me i, I this <laughs> that's more contingent on your schedule than mine <laughs> 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 but yeah, next Thursday sounds fine. Uh, I'll put this podcast out probably uh, on the weekend since uh, since uh, timing dictates as such, it won't be an issue for me. We'll get it out. Uh-huh. Have every all the media together at the same time. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um. um yeah. Well, I mean, if I can't, yeah. So yeah, that'll be exciting to kind of put out there. I'll put in a newsletter and you know post it on social media and stuff. Um, and I have it right here. You know, so uh, should, we, should we hold this up? I don't know. Is it, is, uh, are you, are you I, filming them? No, video? I'm, not, I'm not recording video, but um, okay. <laughs> I, have, I have not posted it on social media. So you can uh, you can take the official channels, and I'll 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 do my thing on the day with my social media. Uh, okay. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, I I love the way it came together too. You know, I mean, I always kind of imagine, oh, it'd be great, like people could design them and um you know our friend kelly he made one and and I, you know i design all sorts of them but i'm not like an artist so you know i've always imagined oh this would be a great like platform for somebody to to, to do something great and uh and then you suggested it you know I went back and forth and i was like oh heck yeah i mean that, that sounds great super and then i checked out your artwork and it was like there was a lot of round and i was like ah oh, this this is perfect <laughs> but you know what i what i really what i really appreciate um and and the thing that I really love about collaboration, whether it's uh, play, you know, and, and juggling, passing with people, or hanging out and you know playing with flop balls or, or working on projects like you know designing a, uh, a custom artwork, you know. Uh, so you did this artwork, and they're like, oh, that's awesome because like it was beyond anything I could do, and and I wouldn't imagine something like this. I'm like, this is great, and so I. 
I made them up, you know, and I made them up and I just put the image in the middle of a flop ball. Like I did all my other ones. And you're like, yeah, that's cool. But I was thinking this other thing, which I was thankful for because like, I didn't have, you know, like my brain isn't tuned in that way. So I didn't see that. Yeah. It's kind of scrunched out. And I didn't see like, or I didn't imagine how, how much better it would look. So you're like, Oh, I, I kind of imagined it, you know, like all the way to the end. Like, oh, Thank you for being uh, enthusiastic and willing to join me in one of my craziest ideas. Um, I, I have just as much fun collaborating on whatever creative outlet I'm collaborating in with people as I do uh, making artwork for myself, by myself, in my studio. So it's it's nice when I can uh, you know make an experience happen with other creative people that is equally enjoyable as me working on my own creative output myself. And I don't feel as if that's a luxury a lot of artists get to experience or are willing to experience or actually even put themselves in a place to experience. And uh, makes me a little sad for folks that don't do it. But in my experience as an artist and as a person, I have learned and growed the, grew, growed, grew the most when um, – when I've been working with other people on a project that we are equally passionate about. And I can tell by the way you have a look on your face and how you carry yourself and present yourself in the, in the item and the business. And I like to think I present myself and my work and how I like to conduct myself and my work in a similar mash, uh, fashion when it comes to the passion in which we do these things. And I just felt like it would be silly if I didn't pose the question about doing something together considering we're both so equally passionate about this thing. Um, and, and you said yes, and I was pleased. And then we kicked the ball back and forth. And now we have this gorgeous flop ball that will be, a, that will be debuting on Thursday. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm happy that it's tangible and it exists and people can use it. Um, I'm just happy that I helped craft something that people are going to enjoy using and playing with. Because normally I have a painting up on a wall or, or some bit of sculpture or something you wear around your neck, and that's insanely tangible, but it's not as much interactive as uh, a kinetic play tool. And uh, that, yeah. that intense level of interaction with a piece of artwork of mine is new, and I look forward to uh, 
hearing whatever feedback comes my way about it. Uh, I, yeah. I, I enjoy and recognize that that will be a thing that happens. So I might as well just be okay with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's, that's uh, y- you know, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. It, it's more, it's more than, it's more than just a, a nice design on a flop ball because, you know, it sort of holds your story, right? You're an artist, you have the style, you do these things, you know, people are going to play with it. And if they pay attention and they remember, hey, Thomas Effrey, he designed this. They go and they look you up. They're going to find all your other artwork and they're going to learn about you. And um, and that's, that's really neat. You know, I mean, it, it, it makes it more meaningful. I mean, it makes it more meaningful than just, a, a, a you know, I don't know. It, 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 it seems like it's more meaningful than like just, you know, I, I put silly things like go get him a tiger, you know, just so it's just like, you know, hey, you, you, you got this kind of, you know, motivational messages. I'll put like a library on. That's good for the library. It's meaningful, I guess. But um, I, I like I like the idea that it kind of ties to a human being that has a story that, you know, well, that, you know, you kind of cross paths with the, the plot ball and you're going to cross paths with other things in your life, you know? It, um, it definitely was a thing that um, it it made a lot of uh, connections between aspects of my life that I didn't really realize were so intimately connected. Uh, you know, how I like to play and, and intentionally move my body was, uh, you know, previously unrecognized as uh, adjacent to how I like to create art and the fact that this is a extremely tangible and interactive object that ties those two aspects of my life together in a tangible way is really exciting to me because now I can pull this thing out of my pocket and be like, Hey, this thing represents a lot or, uh, this, this tool with my art on it, you can do this with it. And why this is helpful is X, Y, and Z. And not only is it helpful because you can do X, Y, and Z with it, it also looks really cool because, it has some art on it and whether Mm -hmm. that art is intentionally meaningful or not, it does, you know, increase the experience, but it just so happens that the art on this thing is representative of that parallel being drawn between different practices in my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting how, you know, how you talk about there's no straight lines on it, you know, and, and all of, you know, all of the play when you're kind of moving a thing in space, you're always kind of redirecting trajectories and it's all circular because, you know, our arms don't go out infinitely in a straight line. So everything's kind of folding in on itself and, um, you know, repeating in like these cycles and these patterns. So it's, um, and, and I imagine when you're painting, like you're, you're, you know, you're moving your body in like these, these same ways you know, that, yeah, I, that you I move when be, you're, I have to be very deliberate and repetitive with motions, especially if I'm doing a, a radially geometric design, you know, if, if something has to be symmetrical on six axes, then you've got to do that thing at least six times and it has to look similar each time. So, you know, the, the repetition and the flow are all part of my creative practice as far as creating, you know, visual art and my practice of play. I don't think, I've ever thrown or caught or manipulated any of these 
skill uh, or uh, kinetic play tools in a way that is is uh, linear because it you know your body doesn't work like that and the toy doesn't work like that. So there's no yeah way, there's no way for that to be a thing. I would have felt really silly if I'd have put any straight line in that piece of art and then ended up on a toy <laughs> that you can't play with in any way. That's a straight line. <laughs> Right, 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 right. That's really interesting. I never, I never even thought about that aspect, and I, and I wonder. I mean, I, I bet it makes you a better player. But this idea that that if you're doing a stroke on the right, you know, right of center in, in one arc, you have to do the reverse on the other side, and you got to kind of invert it now and change it ninety degrees on the top and the bottom, and, and yeah. so. When you paint in that style, you're embodying, you know, the the flip in the mirror and the reverse of all of these different things. Yeah, you have um, to. Yeah, in this, in this that, style. That's, you, sh- yeah, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. I mean, I guess it's still light is probably a little less. You know, still, things are symmetrical a lot of times, but yeah, I, one of the things that I really love doing with the with the flop ball play is, you know, if I do a trick. I, I always do everything in the other hand. So I want to be, you know, I'm a juggler first, so everything's going to be balanced, but I want to be offsided. <laughs> but, you know, one of the things that I try to do is I try to reverse those things too. So like the, you know, the pop and the drop, like it's like, oh, it's the same move. It's just, you know, it's happening in, in, in you know, or you're kind of meeting it in different directions on different sides of the timeline. So, right. um, so yeah, well, wow, it's, uh, it's that's really interesting. I, next time you play, I, I got to watch you a little more closely and see if I can kind of... <laughs> See if I can check it, you know, recognize that balance in you a little bit. Uh, uh, it may not be uh, visually evident, but I promise you it's <laughs> in my mind. Uh, uh, yeah, so just know it's there cool. even if you can't see it. Uh, so, Paul, uh, can we can we talk about other uh, artsy flop balls? Because I know there's been a few that weren't like dedicated artist flop balls, but you've had some pretty cool designs of ones out there. Can we, can we talk about those for a minute? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What do you like? <laughs> uh, well, I thought the one with the Easter eggs was pretty cool. I really enjoy the snowflakes. And then you've done some, um, glowy stars and stuff that were really neat. Are there any that really stand out to you as, uh, aesthetically pleasing in this mix? Yeah. Aesthetically pleasing. Um, yeah. Uh, so, oh, thank you. But I'll, I'll start by saying thank you on the on the on the you like the the whatever. Um, I I don't draw the stuff. I I just I find art that I can use. But I don't. I can't take any credit for any of that stuff. Um, although I did do the I, I did I did I did do the watermelon. So I guess I'd say the watermelon flop. I'm pretty proud of. Watermelon, um, yeah. Yeah, I think the thing I like the best about that is I like the back because I put like the Rhine or the, the tiger design kind of on the back that and then I kind of made the logo. Yeah, so it'll work with that. So I like that one. Um, I'm, I'm really, a, you know, uh, I, I do like, I, you know, I was playing with this, uh, yours the other day and I like, um, I like the stuff that is interesting when it spins or like the finger spins and stuff. Um, so yours is good for that. Um, I do like this one too. It's a, it's a split top. Um, and this isn't actually like a, a printed design, but it's two fabrics and a top half blue, half uh, red. Um, and so I like that while it's playing. And is, then with is such the opposite a, side, uh, one solid color. Okay. Just black, yeah. Okay. Um, and so the, the thing I like about 
this is like you can pay attention to the orientation mm-hmm. um, of the the flop ball as it's flipping and as it's spinning. Um, and I find all that stuff very, very interesting. So I like designs that um, have aspects that, you know, sort of benefit tracking. Um, you know, as far as designs go, though, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I only do ones that I like. <laughs> 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 so, you know, I was like, I did the watermark because I like that. I did like the sacred geometries because I was really digging those shapes. Um, you know, the go get them tiger. I was like, oh, I like that. That's clever. Uh, so I did that one. So, um, so yeah, so my favorites are the ones that I can track um, and then how they feel. Like, I really like, I'm very, uh, I like I like the very soft, sloppy ones for most of the stuff that I do, most of my styles of play. Um, but, you know, depends. If I'm doing slides and stuff, like the leather one's pretty good. The denim's kind of slick for that kind of stuff. I, I um, do really enjoy the denim, and I think I've already said that's the one I have in my pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think, I mean, honestly, the most, the ones that I pick up most often are just the plain colors. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's a good broken in one right there. Yeah, this one, yeah. this one's seen probably about uh, four months of, of regular pocket use and day-to-day jamming. And uh, uh-huh. it's, it's becoming one of those very malleable flop balls. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you know, it's like, I don't know, that'll be good for some kind of play, and for some kinds of play, it won't really work. Um, so, so that's another thing that I, I really kind of dig on, you know, that the different textures allow you to play differently. They do. Um, so, yeah, so, but favorite designs, yeah, I don't know, I kind of oscillate. Uh, this will be my favorite one for for a while because I'm going to start filming some videos of it. So, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's interesting. This, I'm really digging this one too. I uh, I really like the light blue, dark, uh, light uh, light green, dark blue. I just like the contrast of the colors. Um, that's the thing too. I like things that contrast well for flip, um, just because it's kind of pretty. You know, yeah, uh, let's sort of, let's talk about the the stacker flop balls real quick since you're talking about flips. Uh-huh. The, yeah, so the stackers, they are purposefully lighter and flatter or, or lay flatter. So you can stack them mm-hmm. and flip them. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so it's funny because I didn't start out with those. I, you know, I started with an 80 gram stack. Um, but and I was starting to like, oh, I'm going to start stacking them up and flipping stacks of them, which was great. And it's a good challenge and it's good fun. It's kind of like, you know, it's a good test of like, you know, how locked in you are, like when you pick them up, you know, because some days it's easy and some days it's hard. Um, you know, and it's a real discreet. Either you do it or you don't, you know. Um, but uh, I was traveling a lot with them and they were getting heavy, you know, because I was getting up to like 10, 12 and it's like, ah, these are getting heavy. Like, it's, you know, it's sand, you know, mm-hmm. so you're carrying around five pounds of sand, and, you know, in your bag. And so it's like, ah, you know, um, so I was like, maybe I'll just make some like lighter. And so I did. And, uh, <laughs> and so they're, 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 uh, 60 grams, so 25% lighter. And you could, they just, they just keep stacking, <laughs> you know, they lay pretty flat and they, you, you can get like stats So my record's 22. And, uh, and you did that on just, the 22nd of February, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that on two, two twenty-two. Uh, actually, I did it on two twenty, uh, two. Well, you know, two twenty-one twenty-two, right? I think that's what it was, and then I posted on two twenty-two twenty-two. Um, <laughs> Cheater. Yeah, it's, I know. I, well, I, I wasn't going to wait until the last day to see if I could do it. So I, yeah, it's weird though. It's weird, right? So. My record up until that was 20, and I was like, oh, I don't know. I think that's, that's my top number. But then, like, a week before, somebody's like, oh, you got to pull up the stack at 22. And I was like, ah, I don't know. Like, I, you know. So I spent about a week working on it. And, you know, not a lot, but just, like, five, ten times a day, I'd try it, and I'd just have the camera on, and I got it. And I was I was amazed. Like, you can watch the video. It's just, like, I, I'm kind of in shock. Oh, like, yeah, I'll see you right there, before thanks. I settle it down. Yeah, like, right before it settles, I'm like, like, I, like, it just it was. I was in shock. Um, but like now, I just don't know. Like, what? What am I gonna do? Am I gonna do twenty three? Like, when does it end? Like, it's one of those things. Like, it just doesn't end because whatever you get to, you can always just go for one more. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, you know, I don't know that I want to spend like my life. <laughs> I mean, I want to. I want to know what the upper limit is. I wish. I wish there were more people doing it. I'm just what twenty five, fifty. Like I have no idea. Fast, All I know is I got forward a decade. You're gonna be doing like forty stack flop ball. I mean, who knows? And and some some twelve year old from Italy is gonna be like, "What are you doing with yeah, yourself, yeah. man? I do 60. <laughs> like 30, yeah, right, 30 right. per hand, and and just yeah, 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 all yeah, out of the water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Once you see it can be done, it's like, oh, well, okay, I can do it more. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's funny when you're pushing edge, right? Like, there's no, there's nobody else doing this, so I don't have a frame of reference. So, you know, when I was doing 12 or 13, I was like, yeah, I, I, I think, like, I think I reached the upper limit. <laughs> you know, and then, right, and then you get 15, you know, in 20, I'm like, 20, okay, that, you know, I spent, I spent like a summer, you know, on and off, trying to get 20, and when I got it, I'm like, okay, well, I think I'm done, you know, <laughs> like, I, you know, and then, so, uh, yeah, they're, they're fun, and, and the, the play, you know, I, I really can't wait for it to get a little bit bigger, because right now the community is small, and so, you know, there's awesome innovative stuff happening. But, you know, just a handful of people are doing the small, you know, the innovative stuff. But with the stacking and unstacking of stacks while playing, you know, you could have six, seven flop balls stacking and unstacking and ending up in different piles on your body in, in a flow that, that that is going to be, like, somebody's going to do it. Like, you know, if, if they don't beat me to it first, I'll figure it out. But, you know, like, I, now that you've said that, it totally makes sense. And I'm over here like... Dear God, why? <laughs> because you're right. That is a logical extent of this particular thing. But here I am trying to think about how I would do it. And I just feel the wheels turning and not getting anywhere in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Whenever that person well, figures I mean, it out and posts the video. Person... I will, I will, yeah, well, I mean. <laughs> I will applaud. Hey, have them. you been playing with like two at all? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do on occasion. Okay. I mean, it's once, once you start stacking them, stacking them, you know, it just, it just opens up. Oh, well, now I can have two stacks and I'm stacking them, stacking them. Now I can, you know, it just, it, it, it quickly gets really complex 
just using the back of your hands. And then if you start incorporating like, you know, wrists and elbows and heads, like it's, it's, it's going to be nutty. It's, and I can't wait for it. Like I, I'm thrilled. Like, you know, I want to see it done. You know, I, I, I personally wish, you know, I kind of got into this when I was younger because, I, you know, then I'd have like 30 years of mastery ahead of me. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm running out of time for like being able to like execute everything I want to work towards at this yeah, point. I, I never thought um, when I was, uh, 12, 13 running around Dollywood meeting all the Miyachi guys that were there that here I would be sitting at 31 talking with someone about how I am, you know, collaborating with them on a similar product. Uh, so, so, you know, uh, I, I've had, let's see, um, a decade and a half or so of, um, very, um, very enthusiastic and potent practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, yeah 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 and i've you know my dad told me a couple of years ago he's like son i thought you'd just put them down one day and never pick them back up and i was you know playing with one around the house when i came home to visit or whatever and i was like you know i i still carry one of these in my pocket about every day and it's just never changed uh, I, yeah and uh dare i say i would hate to conduct my life in in a different way because it's nice knowing that i have that peace of mind more or less in my pocket you know, that I can carry, with yeah. me, I have access to anytime, uh, you know, uh, people, people in yoga talk about, you know, being on your mat and that, that space being, um, healthy and, and healthful for you to access at any given time. And, uh, one of the fellows I recently had on the podcast, Mr. Carl Gombert, he's a art professor at Maryville college. He said, you know, you need to spend a little time in your studio every day, whether it's the physical tangible space of your studio or the, the, the metaphorical headspace that is your studio, you should spend yeah. time there and, and make that some sort of daily practice. So always having access to the practice of, of flop ball and the flow and, and headspace that is that headspace is, is super nice for me and the, the pace of my life, you know, it's nice knowing I can just yeah. have that with me all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. I um, yeah, that's really you know. I mean, we I advocate for daily practice of play, you know, but I never really thought of it as like. I mean, it's an anchor, like like you said, like a yoga mat would be, you know, when you come to that, or when you go into your sitting posture for for meditating. You know, this is a similar thing. You're you're entering into this space that that's familiar and that's progressive and you don't always have to be drilling new tricks or, you know, sometimes it's sort of top down focused where you're working on something and working through something. And sometimes it's sort of bottom up where you just kind of, you know, mindlessly doing it and letting, you know, things bubble up. Well, my, um, my style of play is, is uh, a lot less regimented and formal than a lot of people's style of play because I'm more flow and feel and uh, rhythm this and rhythm that and, you know, I'll be walking and try to bounce it off something over my head and see if I can catch it. You know, I like to uh, interact with my environment and move my body in ways that are comfortable and natural to uh, to manipulate this item. So I'm I'm all yeah. I'm all about the flow. I don't know a lot of tricks, but I do know how to move my body in ways that make me feel good. So it it, it works for me too. Yeah. I mean, I'll be yeah. I've been walking around that in public. Say again. No, go ahead. 
I said, I've been walking around in public just doing, uh, you know, shuffles and transfers like cold fusions and, and throwing it under my legs and I, as I walk and around my forearms and doing, you know, waterfalls, just passing things between my hands and hand rolls and all those things and just mindlessly do it as I'm, you know, going about my day. Just something yeah. to occupy the parts of my brain that I'm not using or the parts of my body that aren't engaged in my task of locomotion. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, just, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it, it works for me. Keeps, uh, keeps my focus a little more dialed in than if it were just have nothing to concentrate on at all. And I was just walking around the mall, you know, doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, and, and that's one of those aspects of this particular uh, facet of my life that I haven't really appreciated until recently because I understand, like, my view on this when I was a teenager was due to my lack of life experience, my lens on the topic was very shallow. And now that I'm well into my life and understand why and how I do the things that I do, I can see deeper into the topic of play and how beneficial it is to, to have as a practice in your life. And uh, I'm much more appreciative that these ideas and these tools have found their way on onto my hands, not into my hands. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. So it's nice to be have it's nice to be able to uh, articulate the perspective that I've gained uh, being a, a a lifelong player now almost. Right, right. Yeah, you're you're OG. Uh for real. Um I, I mean I hit the 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 hand sack scene really when Miyachi blew up in the early two thousands, you know. That was mm-hmm. that was when a lot of people were really um like early teenagers really hitting their market really, really hard, you know, their target demographic. And going places like Dollywood and amusement parks and FAO Schwartz, and they really carpeted the landscape and did a really good job finding their customers. And um, you know, and I'm really appreciative of how they did it, and they did it in a really wholesome way. Uh, you know, taking taking their product straight to where their customers would be having the most fun, pretty much, and and mm-hmm. uh, a pretty wholesome approach all the way around, and and that. Uh, just the sheer enthusiasm in that really is what I think kept me so engaged as removed from the scene as I was living in rural East Tennessee, you know, like there was nobody else other than one or two people at school that I could play with much, much less say the word and somebody else know what I mean. But that, Uh that and the internet coming together at the early two thousands, really like helping bolster this subculture that was, mostly like people 16 and younger and now we're all adults and rediscovering this and uh the cycle coming back around to us you know practicing intentional play on a regular basis again and gaining that um that healthful activity back into our workflow and and you know daily routines has been great uh i i I, I cannot and will not um speak I cannot say enough positive words about this particular category of item because it has done me in, in numerous and inquantifiable good in my life. And I, I say that yeah. with all sincerity. Uh, I don't know what I'd be doing if I didn't spend tons of time and energy practicing these things. Who hell I could have, uh, you know, been, been off doing things that are bad for me. <laughs> right, <laughs> but, right, right, right. 
So uh, I, yeah. I have immense appreciation for these style of items. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I hear you. You know, like I said, you know, at the top, I learned how to juggle out of a book. And before that, I didn't get, uh, you know, I wasn't self-motivated to learn or develop or grow in any way. You know, I was kind of getting in trouble and just sort of being mischievous because I That's just didn't cool. have anything. I was like fulfilling me. I didn't have, you know, I, but, you know, I discovered the juggling and it, just, it changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. It changed how I connect with people and, and, you know, I, I, I've always sort of been a hand, so I like performing, but teaching people to juggle, you know, early on and then all the other stuff, um, just immensely gratifying because, you know, like you, you know, you, you turn someone on to this, you know, a lot of people have fun doing it, but you change lives. People will do that for the rest of their life. Many yeah, people I will can. do it for the rest of their life. And now they have some. I can't imagine what the trajectory of my well-being would have been if I'd never discovered this category of, of thing. Uh, I mean, I, I would have still been a creative person because, you know, a pencil and a paintbrush got me first. But uh, immediately after that, mm-hmm. it was kinetic, uh, kinetic play and all this all this jazz. And, I, man, I, I, I know exactly how much time I've spent in my life doing this, and I can't imagine what else I could have done that would have been as constructive for a, a, a teen and a young yeah. adult, you know, coming into the world and having a positive outlet for time and energy like that is uh, immensely helpful, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and it's a nice safe space, right? Like, as far as as far as learning and growing, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, a, it's a stack of sand. It's a juggling ball that you drop. It's something you're swinging around. Like, it, it's a space to to play and grow and engage. It doesn't have any consequence. Um, and that's what makes it so freeing and so playful and so well, I, refreshing. I have to know? disagree with you there. There is one consequence because if you're going to play with it, yeah. you're going to drop it. And bending over to pick it up is always the consequence. <laughs> but That's true. That's but true. if you want to get really, uh, really um, heady about that, like you have to bend over and pick it up you bow to the thing, you know, you, you become humbled by in the act of lowering your head, you know, that's, that's a historical, um, humbling and grounding action, you know, low roofed huts. You had to, you had to, uh, bow to get into them, to pay your respects and gain entry. And, you know, throughout human civilization through ages and ages, bowing and becoming low to the ground has been a recognition of being humbled or submitting to, or showing appreciation of, and, you know, sometimes when I drop this thing, I get really mad. And then I remember if I want to continue this wonderful thing, then I must <laughs> bend over and pick it up and shut my mouth and try it again. <laughs> uh, uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I think, I think, I think the reason, one of the reasons that this resonates so deeply with people and lots of people is that, you know, the, the first thing that we do as babies is we like lift our heads up. Like the first thing, experience we have is that of gravity you know that's our experience in the womb we're pulled down there's always down there's always gravity we you know we 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 sit up we stand up we reach up we move we aspire you know everything's up and Mm -hmm. out and away from the ground so usually and and but you know but gravity is there and in the end you know we we all end up getting buried underneath it so you know it's, it's it's sort of this 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 primordial experience of like rising up and, and, and that's kind of the fun I feel like of juggling or 
just, you know, keeping things in the air. Like it's, 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 it's an unnatural state that we get yeah. to kind of play in and explore this invisible realm of, you know, physics, uh, you know, before we, uh, before we drop and then either pick up or, or give up. <laughs> right. It's, it's, you are forced <laughs> in that moment to make the decision. Yeah. All right, Paul. So we, we've been on the call here for 58 minutes and, uh, I think I'm, I'm about ready to wrap this up. Uh, I think we just hit some really good notes to uh, end this conversation on. I'm happy we both agree that there are uh, healthful and humbling aspects to intentional play that not only keep people physically healthy and well, but mentally healthy and well. And that is one of the things that I most often and most passionately appreciate about these devices. And I'm happy to see another passionate person trying to put them out there in the world. And I'm happy to see another passionate person engage passionate people like me to make these things different and cool. And I am greatly appreciated, appreciative of your time and energy that uh, we've put in this project together. So thank you very much, Paul Miller. Uh, I greatly appreciate everything you and I have been able to accomplish in this small context. Uh, will you tell people your social medias and websites and all that jazz? Sure, yeah. Uh, so uh, the website is lockball.com. That's Frank L-O-P, ball.com. And uh, you can find us on Instagram is where I'm most active, and that's the flockball, or at the flockball, or hashtag flockball. Um, yeah, and if you go to the website, if I have any, like, YouTube links or whatever, it's all there. And and there are a variety of things we didn't even talk about uh, as far as products that you that are available at theflopball.com. There's lines, loops, throwbacks, uh, all kinds of other wonderful stuff. He has tethered items that spin and wobble and wave and all kinds of cool shenanigans. Uh, please go check out theflopball.com and thoroughly inspect the shop. There's a lot of cool things in there, and, and I hope you find something you enjoy and decide to purchase because I've done it multiple times, and I have not regretted spending any pennies that I've thrown towards this man and his entrepreneurial endeavors. So please, everybody, go check out theflopball.com. Buy some stuff. Play with some stuff. Help yourself out. Um, this has been a really fun bonus episode of the KAAMP. Paul, thank you very much. I'm Thomas Zachary. This has been great. Thank you all for listening and have a good day.